Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm Andrew Hansen, ready to break down the Honda Classic. It's time for golf to move to Florida, and we're going to kick it off this week at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, with a fun event, a tough event, much different than last week and what we've been seeing recently. Uh, they've been playing the Honda Classic at PGA National since 2007, and the winning scores have ranged between only 5-under and 13-under. So it would be very, very surprising if we saw something like we've seen recently with winners 20-and-under or better. And last year in this event, which is, again, played at PGA National, a par 70, 7,125 yards, the scoring average was 71.102, so more than a stroke over par each round. And most golf fans know this course with the bear trap, 15 through 17, that stretch of really tough golf, par 3, par 4, par 3, water everywhere, big scores everywhere. And if you want to win this tournament or contend, you have to manage that trio of holes well but not many have been able to do that since 2007 87.8% of the players have averaged over par in that stretch during this tournament so that'll be a fun to watch uh and you know that sort of challenge of making par or being under par stretches throughout the course and it's really tough tee to green because there's water everywhere. And it's going to be even tougher this year. They've actually lengthened to the rough to about three inches. But if you look at uh, another key stat here, in the last five years on the PGA Tour, the average greens in regulation percentage is 65.6. But on this course, it's 59%. So it's a lot tougher to get onto the green in regulation. And that's what makes these scores uh, so much higher in relation to par. And it leads into the key stat of the week for me. I'm going to start with a key stat here. We'll go over some of the top finishers in recent years. Then I'm going to hit a second stat this week and then talk about uh, some other categories, including some value plays. But the First stat I want to look at this week is strokes gained T to green. If you look at the winners in 2018, 19, and 20 in the Honda Classic, all of them finished number one for the week in strokes gained T to green. So what I did is went and looked at the season stats this year, strokes gained T to green, guys who are in the top 25 in that category who are playing this week. There are only eight guys. So uh, a limited group, and that reminds me, the other thing that's different about this course and this event than what we've seen recently is, remember last week at the Genesis, the top 11 players in the world were participating. This week, none of the top 11 are participating. The highest world-ranked golfer playing this week is Louis Ustase, and he's number 13. So it is a much different uh, group of, of participants. Uh, so it's tougher to find guys at the top of the statistical leaderboards because uh, a lot of guys are taking this week off. So let's look at the guys who are 
in the top 25 strokes gained tee to green. Those eight are led by Sung J M. He's number seven in that stat, but he's the highest ranked player who's playing this week, according to that stat. He's also the most expensive player on DraftKings at 11,000. And he won here two years ago in 2020. Last week at the Genesis, he finished tied for 33rd. Uh, and he was pretty good with his scrambling, uh, which is something I'll talk more about later today. But Sanjay, certainly a, a key guy to consider here as a payup option. I will have some exposure to him. Next in strokes gain T degree, Joaquin Neiman. He, of course, won at the Genesis. What a incredible performance. Starting out 63-63 on that course, setting that 36-hole record, hanging on for victory. So congratulations to him. He's 10,600 this week on DraftKings. I'm probably going to fade him. He doesn't have the course history here that some of these other guys do, and certainly an emotional, tough week for him uh, mentally to go through that tournament and to lead it every night as he admitted uh, after winning. Uh, so that should take a toll on him. You know, he did lead, lead the field in strokes gained approach at the Genesis. That's why he did so well. So if he, if he's able to, to fight through the fatigue, then he could certainly contend again, but, uh, I'm leaning Sung Jay over him at this point. Next is Daniel Berger, another payup option, 10,400. And, the thing with him is he seems to be a perfect fit for this course. He's from Florida. Uh, he finished tied for fourth here two years ago, but we know he's also been dealing with that back injury, missed the cut at the waste management. So, you know, if he's healthy, then maybe he breaks out and, and gets back in the top five here, but I'm likely to fade him again on DraftKings at that price. Next is Ryan Palmer, 7,900. And if you'll recall last week, I talked about how he had shot an 81 at Pebble Beach. Then he comes back last week and miss, misses the cut again, 75-74. So I'm going to fade him until he gets back into form. Louis Oosthuizen is next, 10,800. And he is just baffling on this course for me because he's really seems like a perfect fit with his game, uh, tee to green. He's also... Uh, near the top of the other stat I'm going to hit later in the show. But he's only made two out of six cuts here. So that's the challenge is for some reason, he just hasn't put it together at PGA National, and he's expensive at $10,800. Uh, last event at the waste management for him, he was tied for 14th. So he's certainly playable, but just not the, the course you know, history that I would expect for him. Next is Keith Mitchell at 9,100. Now, he's a lot cheaper than some of those other guys I've just mentioned. He's a former winner here. He won it in 2019. Coming in uh, on a real high note with recent finishes of tied for 12th and, and tied for 10th. So Keith Mitchell is a guy I'm likely to have a lot of exposure to this week. Next is Russell Knox, 8,100. And how about his... Uh, finishes the last three weeks. This is probably my favorite stat of the week. His last three finishes tied for 33rd three times in a row. Uh, so at 8,100, you know, we could live with a tie for 33rd again this week. We'd rather have him be in the top 20. And something that he has going for himself on this course is during that time frame from 07 to the present, in the bear trap, 
he's been the best six under cumulative score. So he knows how to navigate that stretch better than anyone. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a big leg up on this course. So Knox will be in my player pool. And then last in the top 25, Chris Kirk, who's, you know, making a nice little comeback, uh, after dealing with some off the field, off the course issues, he is, uh, you know, ranked well there. He's a nice mid-tier price of 7,500. He had it tied for 14th also at the Waste Management along with Oosthuizen. Uh, so he's playable for me in that price range. All right, before we get to our next stat, let's look at the other winners in recent years on this course. Matt Jones won it last year. He's 9,000. He is 40th in strokes gained tee to green. So his uh, stats this year, match up well with this course he did finish tied for 15th at the genesis last week uh so playable but a guy like that i usually don't like to pay nine thousand for on DraftKings. brandon hagee was the runner-up last year he's 6500 but not coming in on a high note missing his last two cuts honorable mention from last year is ct pan because he finished third Nice $7,700 price tag for him. Had some exposure to him last week. He finished ninth at the Genesis, and he's three for five and made cuts here. In 20, I mentioned that Sung Jae was the victor. Runner-up that year was Mackenzie Hughes. Good course history. He's made four of five cuts here. Last two events, tie for 16th and a missed cut. But Hughes is playable for me at 8,300. Uh, in 19, the winner was Keith Mitchell, as I mentioned. How about the runners-up uh, that year? Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka. So Fowler, we know, has really been struggling, trying to find his game. But I like that last week he made the cut at the Genesis, and his scores were 71-71, 69-71. So a little bit of consistency from Ricky Fowler is huge. And surprising to me, in strokes gained tee to green this year, he's actually 38. So, you know, maybe he's on the on the right path here. Uh, and with a, a couple of good bounces here or there, you know, the, the improvements for him in strokes gained tee to green will uh, result in some better finishes. Uh, he also won it the year before here. So he, he loves this course. Brooks Kepka, 10,100. And uh, he's shown his inconsistency lately, tied for third at the Waste Management and then missed the cut at the Genesis. We know he's a, a Florida guy, uh, but the inconsistency with that price makes it tough to go there. Does he come out with ultra focus? If he does, uh, you know, he could certainly he could certainly be victorious. Uh, the runner up to Fowler in 17 was Gary Woodland. He's 8,200 this week. He missed the cut at the Waste Management by one. I was watching him on that 18th green uh, grinding, uh, you know, to try to get there, but he uh, wasn't able to do it. Missed the cut by one. He's had success here. Um, borderline for me. I don't know if I'll get there. How about the winner back in 2015? Uh, Patty Harrington, 6,700. And we know he was the Ryder Cup captain, captain for the European squad. He's been playing in different spots. Uh, he's been playing some on the European tour, on the Champions Tour. I, I like the price tag for him. If he's going to show up, you got to figure he's ready to go. He, we know he's an 
ultra uh, competitor. Uh, so keep him in mind for a potential GPP play. Uh, Daniel Berger was the runner-up that year. Uh, in 14, Knox was the runner-up. And Ryan Palmer, who we've talked about. How about uh, some of the winners from the previous years? 2013, it was Michael Thompson. He's a GPP option for me this week, 7,500. Uh, he has missed his last two cuts. So he he is more of a GPP option. He's also had some top 20s recently. So it's been uh, boom or bust for him. Rory Sabatini won this event in 2011. Uh, 7,000. He made the cut at the Waste Management. We know he played well in the Olympics, so he's still riding high from that. Playable option there. And then Camilo Vajegas won it in 2010. Um, he was also the runner-up in 07. And, uh, you know, some of these guys who are probably a little bit towards the end of their career are, you know, making a, a good fight here. And he's been playing well right lately. He's made his last three cuts. So he's an option. Uh, Luke Donald is the last guy. 2008, he was the runner-up. He's made three of seven cuts this year. Um, but he and Vijegas, they're not just guys who had high finishes here, you know, 12 to 15 years ago. Uh, two years ago, Luke Donald was tied for 11th on this course. Uh, so with his ball striking, uh, we know he can get it done. So 6,400 is an option there. A couple other uh, horses for courses here with uh, some interesting profiles. How about Tommy Fleetwood? He's played here twice, and he's finished third and fourth. He's 9,900 on DraftKings. Uh, his last event was over in Dubai in January. He finished tied for 12th. Uh, so Tommy would be, uh, I think, a, a GPP pivot off of some of the Americans in that price range who've been playing more consistently or more often over here. And then two guys who finished tied for fourth two years ago, Brendan Steele and Lee Westwood. Brendan Steele basically makes the cut here every year, but he's had four straight missed cuts this year. Uh, so he's, a, you know, if you want to, get to a GPP with the guy who fits that profile every week. You can find a few guys who are awesome on a course, but they've been playing well. And so you have to decide which one you want to favor the poor recent form or the terrific course history. So uh, there's an option there. And then Lee Westwood, similar making the cut here and he's been making the cut on the European tour, but he is right in the middle of that controversy with the super golf league. And uh, it's amazing that we're this far into the show. I haven't mentioned it yet because that was some big news the last couple of days with Phil. Uh, I think, you know, you could tell from Phil's statement that this is certainly weighing on him in a big way. And it's taken a lot out of him, a lot of stress. Uh, as for Phil, I just hope that he is back out there playing soon because uh, he's so fun to watch. But... I think the controversy has weighed on some of these other guys and we can see it in their performance. I, uh, I rolled the dice with Dustin Johnson last week and it did not work out. We know he's been one of the guys linked to that league and was one of the last to come out and say that he was uh, sticking with the PGA tour. But Lee Westwood is one of those guys who hasn't made that sort of announcement. Um, and so will the uncertainty for him, distract him from his performance. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna fade him this week in case that it does, and go with some other options who don't have that off the course issue hanging over their head. All right, let's hit one more stat here, and that is scrambling. Uh, in the the winning stats from 18 and 19 and 20, all of the guys finished in the top five in scrambling that week, and it makes a lot of sense. Remember, this is such a tough course to hit the green in regulation, so do that as much as you can, and then if you don't, scramble and get out of there with, with your par. Uh, for folks who haven't looked at that stat much, it is the percentage of times if a player misses the green in regulation, he's able to uh, finish the hole with par or better. So basically, you can get up and down for par, or if you happen to chip in uh, for birdie, that's the stat we're looking at. And once again, I pulled the guys in the top 25 in that stat from this season. Number one on the list, Daniel Berger. So again, he's great tee to green. He's great with scrambling. Perfect fit for the course, but we know that he's just not 100% healthy. Uh, Sung JM is number two in that stat, and that's why I favor him as a payup option this week. How about number three, guy we haven't talked about yet today, Denny McCarthy, 7,800 on DraftKings this week. Great at scrambling, probably in large part the fact that he's a tremendous putter. And he is uh, a local guy, lives close by, finished tied for third last year. And his last three events on tour this year, tied for sixth, tied for 12th, and then a missed cut at the Waste Management. So put all that together. I'm willing to roll him out there this week and hope that he keeps rolling it on the greens. Um, by the way, I, I did see another stat uh, that this is one of the easier courses in terms of putting. Uh, and again, that's why you would uh, expect an advantage for McCarthy where if the greens themselves aren't that difficult once you get on them, uh, he can take advantage of that elite skill that he has. All right, next in scrambling this year is Mark Hubbard. And he's another real cheap option here this week, 6,900. Last week in the Corn Ferry Tour, he finished tied for sixth. And in this event, two years ago, he was tied for 11th. So I like Mark Hubbard here this week at that price. Robert Streb, uh, he kind of fits that profile like Brendan Steele. Uh, good on this course. Last year he was tied for 13th, but in his last two events this year he's missed the cut. So if you want to pay the 6700 for him, uh, you've got to hope that he turns it back on this week. Billy Horschel, 9600 pay-up guy, uh, pay-up option, another Florida guy. He has finished in the top five here before, been playing really well lately, tied for 11th, tied for 6th. And then K.H. Lee, how about this guy? He has made eight straight cuts and did have a top 10 in this event uh, two years ago. Uh, check that, three years ago, 7,700. Uh, so you combine that history of making the cut here with his scrambling stats this year. He's in the player pool. Charles Howell III uh, missed the cut at the Waste Management. Remember, that was his 600th start on tour. Now that he has that behind him, uh, I would figure he would perform better. He's 7,300 this week. Then we've got Michael Thompson. I mentioned him as a winner in this event. Uh, he's been great with scrambling this season. And then Louis Oosthuizen, 
is the last guy there in that top 25. So, you know, like Berger, like M, uh, they're in the top 25 of both of the key stats this week. All right, let's round out with a couple other random uh, commentaries and categories. Uh, you know, I like some of these Florida guys who are excited that the tour is back in Florida uh, for the next swing of events. So Denny McCarthy is in that category, Billy Horschel. Lucas Glover's another guy who's been pretty consistent here. How about tied for 19th last year, tied for fourth three years ago, another top 20 and 18, uh, mid-tier option, 7,400 on DraftKings, made the cut at the Waste Management, uh, finishing 37th. So you could look there. Uh, how about a couple of these sponsor exemptions? Chase Kepka, Brooks's brother, is back in the field this week. He's 6,300. His only PGA Tour event this fall, he missed the cut. But in this event last year, he made the cut, finished tied for 30th. So if he can match that, we love that as a $6,300 option. Uh, Nikolai Hogard is an interesting one. How about his recent performance overseas? In his last four events, he has missed the cut three times and won. So add him to the pool of GPP options at 7,600 on DraftKings. And then I'll finish with a couple of value options in the 6K range on DraftKings. Austin Smotherman, 6,800. His last two events tied for 11th, tied for 33rd. And he's 28th this season in strokes gained T to green. So just outside that top 25, but a nice price tag. Chase Seifert was just added to the field when Tyler Duncan had to withdraw. Seifert finished third in this event last year, but he's missed his last two cuts. So he's in that same category as Streb and Steele. He's 6,400 this week. And then finally, Vaughn Taylor has made his last two cuts, and he is 30th this season in strokes gained T to green. 6,800 could be one other solid glue guy for your lineup. Uh, and that's going to be the key here, as usual, is grind it out, try to get five or six guys through the cut. And it's just a tough event. It's almost like a U.S. Open feel, where par is a really good score on a lot of holes. So uh, if you're tracking this event, uh, if you see a string of pars, then uh, you can feel really good about that. And hopefully our guys will just make enough birdies to, to make the weekend and, and then try to contend. So that's the breakdown of the Honda Classic. Hope everybody enjoyed that. I am Andrew Hansen. You can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. You can find our team on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. And if you jump in today with a membership, you can grab my golf lineups tonight. I'll have the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard with some core plays and then pivots to fill out your roster. I will also have the full FanDuel and Yahoo lineups for our members, cash lineups and GPP lineups. And to get those lineups as a member, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up there. We'll get you into our Discord, and the lineups will post tonight. And then we'll have basketball up and rolling again tomorrow, uh, seven days a week, as the NBA comes back from the All-Star break. So on behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.